This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology show. Your host, Meryl Vandermerva, loves using technology to streamline her life and to make lessons more engaging. She is a graduated homeschool mom and teaches homeschoolers at her local co-op classes and online at fundafundaacademy.com. Whether you are tech-challenged or someone who loves technology, this show is for you. And here's your host, Meryl Vandermerva. Hello, and welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology podcast. This is episode 88. I'm your host, Meryl Vandermeuver, and today we're going to be talking about online resources to make science engaging. Now, as I am not a science teacher, this is not the ideal topic for me. So what I have done today is that I invi- have invited the three science teachers from Funda Funda Academy, our show host. And our three teachers are going to be sharing with you some of the resources they use to make science more fun and also more uh, relevant often. So engaging doesn't just mean, you know, that the kids are just having a blast all the time, but often engaging really means when you, you manage to actually capture their attention and and make this something that is of interest to them. So it's not just going to be a, a lot of games, but it's going to be a lot of different resources that you will hear that they're using. So to start off with, I want to welcome Heather Fulgham, who is the ecology and earth science teacher. Hello. And Dana Underwood, who is the uh, biology one and biology two teacher. Hi. And Kristen Moon, who, if you're a long-time listener to this podcast, you will have heard before on two previous episodes, who is our chemistry teacher. Hi. Hi. Okay. So I'm going to start off. I'm going to start off. Um, the teachers may jump in on why and sort of add to each other, but I'm going to start off and get Heather to explain some of the resources she uses for ecology and earth science. Okay. Well, as I was thinking about this, I was remembering the process of creating this class and how hard it was to find virtual labs until I started digging pretty deep on some of these topics and I found a couple. So um, a really good one I've been using is called um, the Pokemon Go and it's a lab developed by NYU in their mobile lab on um, Pokemon and they kind of have this game you play with your phone and you find different Pokemons. Now, I'm not of that generation that played Pokemon. So until I had my daughter try it out, um, I didn't really understand it, but the whole gist of it is to use Pokemon Go to find different Pokemons in an ecosystem. So what I do is I relate it to my biodiversity topic in ecology and the kids have to record all their results from playing throughout the week and they put it on a google spreadsheet and then we can calculate the biodiversity of certain areas oh fun yeah okay so what else do you use um i also use quite a bit of jeopardy labs um those games where you create your own jeopardy game right and they're from jeopardylabs.com um it's I do a lot of review that way. Um, it's good if you have a live class and a virtual class because you can play by yourself and try to accumulate as many points as you can, or you can play as a competition in class. Um, and another one I use quite a bit is called um, virtualbiologylab.org. 
and they had a great one on estimating stream diversity. And so basically you pretend you're in a stream and you're calculating the water quality of that stream based on the pollution. So um, you can change the pollution levels and then it kind of determines what kind of invertebrates you catch. And you can change your sampling um, time and amounts and it's just a great lab to understand water quality. Great, thanks. By the way, links to all of these resources will be in the show notes. You can find those at homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. And also listen until the end because I'm going to give you a coupon code that will work on any of the science classes taught by these teachers. So if you decide that this sounds like the kind of thing your children will enjoy and you don't want to have to add it into your own studies, because obviously you can add these to any um, science class your kids are taking. But if you do want, to, if you're looking for high school material, and then you could look into the classes that these teachers offer. And I say there will be a coupon at the end of the program. All right, let's move on to Dana. What do you do that relates to tech to make science more engaging? Well, I try to vary it depending on what we're studying in a particular module. Um, and so there are things in biology that are really hard to visualize. And whenever we do something like that, I go and hunt down um, animations, particularly for molecular processes. Students really struggle to see how it all fits together. Um, and so I find animations a lot of times that they can watch and sort of watch a process happen. Um, and it helps them be better able to wrap their heads around what's going on. Um, and then there are other processes that you can actually see happening. Um, and so, for instance, mitosis, um, which is a process that students usually like draw. There's always a picture in the textbook that shows all the, the phases of mitosis. Um, and it's very dry and kind of dull. But if you go and hunt around, um, different college labs studying this have posted actual video, like, you know, video of mitosis happening. And the cells are stained different colors and the DNA is red and the spindle fibers are green. And the students actually watch the process happen. And when I first showed it, I, I was all kind of nerdy excited about it. And I thought, well, the students will just watch it. But what I find is they'll gather around and watch and say, oh, do it again. And so it, it's like they're sort of startled that something we talk about in class, you can actually see it happening. And so they think that's pretty cool. Right. Um, and then apart from simulations, what else do you use? I know you like to use this for research in particular. Yeah, well, so depending on, um, on the class, in Bio 1, I have the students do article reviews, and it's just three scattered over the course of the year. But their assignment is actually just to go find any topic in science that they're interested in and write me a little summary of it. Usually they tie it in with biology somehow. Um, and, you know, it, I always thought it was kind of going to be a fairly easy assignment. And I have students sometimes say, I can't find anything. And so you're thinking, okay, so that's sort of a good time to work on how do we search for a topic in science? Because clearly you can find science on online um, if you can go and find an article. And so it encourages them to tie in with news um, and, and actually try to make the subject a little more relevant. Um, in bio two, I actually hunt down all kinds of articles. The students find topics um, that they're interested in, or sometimes I tie it in with current events. This past year, um, I had intended for the end of the year to be a biotech unit, and instead we ended up making it a focused biotechniques bio on um, the COVID-19 virus. And so we talked about how they sequence that um, and how they will use that technology and how 23andMe 
um, might be used and some of the ethics involved in it. So we tied in a lot of current events with the end of the year. Right. That sounds amazing. And then just finally, I know you also use online resources or you give the children the option to use online resources for projects. Yeah. So with most, um, most modules, which are about a month long, there's some sort of project they're supposed to do. Um, and depending on how they want to do it, it doesn't always have to be high tech, but students often will choose that. Um, and so, you know, I'll say explain a particular topic and, you know, some of them go truly old school and like draw a poster and record themselves talking about it, which is fine. Um, and they are learning a, a little bit of tech in that, but others do stop motion animation. Some of them, I think, double dip and use um, their stuff that they're doing in Python or Scratch or other coding classes and they code their own little presentations. Um, and so it lets them apply things that they're using elsewhere um, to the topic of biology. Yeah, I love that. I must say, I was very excited the one year when Dana told me that one of my Python students had um, used that to create a simulation. And I know that she's had others do that from computer applications class. I know you have a lot of those. You always say, you know, who's done computer applications first, because yes. they use a lot of the, the resources that I teach there. Okay, so let's move on to Kristen and chem class. What do you use in to teach chemistry that's online? Well, um, I have to say that I want to start off by saying that um, whenever I teach, I try to make science come alive. Um, I, I hear a lot that people say they hate science. And that is simply, I just don't believe that. I think that people don't understand science or they don't understand how it's relative to them and relevant to them. So whenever I teach science, I try to incorporate ways that people are using science in their everyday life so that they understand that science is not just dry facts to memorize to pass a test. It is, it is the stuff of life. It is the stuff within us and around us that we use. Um, so whenever I can, even if it's not tech related, I try to, um, to bring whatever we're studying and apply it to something in real life. Um, but I, I have been finding lots of, of techie ways to do this. Um, I'm all about teaching with hands-on experiments and activities, but I've been teaching homeschoolers long enough to recognize that it's not always going to happen. The kids are not always going to do the hands-on labs at home. So I've been taking my time um, over the summer break to to research different virtual labs for doing science. And I've found some really great ones. In fact, there's, one, there's a whole selection of um, online simulations put out by the American Association for Chemistry Teachers. And I found quite a few of these um, simulations that I plan to include as optional activities in my chemistry class. There's one on preparing solutions. There's a really great one. It seems very simplistic, but it's on measuring volume. And basically this is gonna be used in one of the first modules of my chem class. And it, and it, has, it walks through the students through measuring um, volumes in a graduated cylinder and reading the volumes. Um, it teaches them how, how you know, you look at the meniscus and where exactly to make your reading. And it also helps them understand um, the precision and accuracy, um, how many significant digits to use. There is another great simulation on this site 
that uses um, the periodic table to help students understand whether two elements will form an ionic bond or a covalent bond. And it's just really, it walks the students through in very simple steps and helps students visualize things in a way that's so much more clear than using a textbook would be. Um, and then again, you know, this is not techie at all, but as I was sitting here listening, um, I was thinking about um, the science in everyday life. And I'm from the South, and sweet tea is a big deal for, the, for Southerners. And um, something that you learn when you make sweet tea is that um, if you try to add, if you order iced tea at a restaurant and it comes cold, and you try to sweeten it with sugar. If you put sugar in a cold glass of iced tea, you can stir it till the cows come home and it's never gonna dissolve. But if you added sugar to hot tea, it will dissolve and it will sweeten. And in fact, that is the proper way to make sweet tea. And that's chemistry. That has to do with, um, uh, with covalent bonds found in sugar and um, adding heat to break those bonds is necessary in a way that adding salt to water, that dissolves no matter what temperature the water's at. And salt is a covalent bond. And it's those kinds of things that, um, that I try to draw upon when I'm teaching science to kids. They don't have to think that chemistry is tough because they use it in everyday life. When they go and watch fireworks, on the 4th of July, those bright colors that appear in the different fireworks, those are all based on the types of chemical elements that are used in those fireworks. And they learn about that in my class when we start talking about electrons and where electrons live in atoms and how if you add heat or energy to an atom, it excites the electrons. And when they release that energy, it shows as different colors of light and that people use those properties of elements in fireworks to give us those great, um, you know, pyrotechnic shows at, uh, on the holidays. So anyway, not okay, techie, I just, go, I just want to go back to that. The, the American association that you were talking about, that is the uh -huh. teach it's the link is teachchemistry.org, Correct. It is. Yes. That's right. Okay. So I want to say, so in case you don't look at the show notes, it's just teachchemistry.org And then it's under their classroom resources, mm -hmm. but I will have the links in the show notes. I know there was one more simulation, a titration one that you found that I shared about on our Facebook page the other day. Yeah. So that was another one. Um, You'll, you'll post the link. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I don't have the, the Right. Website. I have the link here. It was an edu.rsc.org. Yeah. But basically, um, acid-base titration is a classic lab that most um, students do in high school and in college. And you can do it at home. There, you know, there are vendors through which you can buy the materials to do it at home. But you know, it may not always be practical. So I have found a, a virtual lab that walks the student through doing an acid-base titration in a simulation. And they get a really good feel for it. They get to, to do the exact same sorts of calculations after they do the titration to figure out the concentration of the unknown acid or base. So, I mean, technology is really coming to the rescue for those of us right. who are trying to homeschool science at, 
at home. So just to, I just want to clarify for those of you listening that all of these sciences are with labs. So if you have the requirement of doing with labs and you can see they will be given the choice of sometimes doing it online or offline, but the whole lab experience will actually be there. Um, and the virtual ones, as Kristen has just said, are as relevant and sometimes even better because they sometimes work better. I know I did them with my children or uh, hands on in the bathroom and they didn't always work so well. So um, just to finish up now, our time has run out. Um, I just want to say to you that if you decide to buy any of these classes, if you buy before the end of June, so before June 30th, use code SCIENCE10 and you will get $10 off any of these classes. So um, if you want to go and look at that, but if you use another program too, I would suggest you look into some of these things. Um, even if you're just switching out what they're doing uh, for labs and perhaps trying some of these online ones, but you can see really try and find uh, classes like these where your kids are using tech because they're going to be using tech if they're going to anything science related later. And even at college, they're going to be using the technology. So, you know, using tech to do the research, to see the simulations, to create the simulations, um, all of these things and how, you know, using tech can really bring science alive and make it relevant. As you can see, all these teachers have worked hard at doing. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Heather and Dana and Kristen. Thank you, thank for, you having for having me. And I will see you all again, same time, same place next week. Thanks for tuning in to Homeschooling with Technology with Meryl Vandermerva. Visit her at fundafundaacademy.com and homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. Homeschooling with Technology is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.